Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Unconventional Geek. I think we're on episode seven, season, no, we're on episode six of season zero. This is going to be a two-parter with uh, Ramen Witch, and she is a fantastic streamer. Anyways, I hope you guys are having wonderful holidays, and let's just jump into the podcast. We talked a lot about her stream being in a Twitch community or even a streaming community, gaming community, anything like that. And then we talked also about the path to affiliate and the difference between path of, to affiliate and path to partner. So like I said, this is a two-parter. So please stick around. The next part will be released on the Tuesday following instead of the Thursday following since this podcast is also late. Uh, thank you guys for bearing with me, and your name has ramen in it, so that's, yeah. <laughs> that's delicious, by the way. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, yeah, so oddly enough, like, for as long as I've been doing this, which isn't that long, it's been about eight, nine months, I still haven't gotten, like, a great elevator pitch down as far as, like, who I am, like, whenever a raid or a host happens, so I think it's different every time I do this. <laughs> We, but, we don't um, want the uh, elevator pitch anyways. Right, that, right. That's just... Well, that's good because you're not getting one. <laughs> Damn it. No, I mean... <laughs> great. So, no, just... <laughs> great. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm Ramen Witch. Like you said, I'm a variety streamer on Twitch. Um, I typically tend to play uh indie games roguelikes metroidvanias puzzlers platformers uh those kinds of things um but i've also been veering lately taking that variety aspect to mean not just the games that i'm playing but i also do like sunday tarot readings for the week um bringing a little bit of that witchy <laughs> side of the ramen witch into my stream i have done a ramen cooking stream before and thanks to you largely in part i'll be doing the okonomiyaki stream so I mean, I, I i'd like to start I, I like seeing people <laughs> things so it's kind of my pleasure <laughs> i'm really excited for it and i would like to i would like to start incorporating more like japanese not just japanese but like cooking like that so i've been considering maybe doing like a gyoza stream in the future too because i know i can do those but yeah i i'm a variety streamer i cuss a lot i tend to be really high energy and i tend to be um aggressive but in a friendly way i like to think <laughs> You would hope, right? I mean, otherwise someone I would have told you by now. <laughs> yeah, you either, it's one of those things where it's like either you come in and you hear the word fuck four or five times off the bat and that you dig it or it's not for you. So <laughs> it's one or the other. There's not a whole lot of in between, I don't think, with me. I remember one of the first streams I was in your stream and then you get raided and like you're... You get rated, but you come back and you're like, holy fuck, or something like that. I'm just like, oh, oh I'm sure. Just <laughs> I mean, I, I thought <laughs> oh, it was no, funny. Oh, no, but... that happened. Didn't Activator, I think it might have been Activator. I think somebody did that recently to me where I went to go get a drink and I came back and I had a bunch yeah. of new people going off in my chat. And I was like, what the fuck happened? You sounded super appreciative, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, always, always. <laughs> It's just one of those things you come back to not expecting. So you're you're taken back and you're like, whoa. And and I think I mean, that's 
Yeah, especially coming off of a break, right? Like I'm yeah. like, okay, we're gonna lull for a second here, and then whenever I get back, I have to try to try to whip chat back up if I'm gone for too long, and instead I come back and chats whip their damn selves up. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things that like I think I found very interesting when you're uh, when I found your uh, stream, I was I was very intrigued by it mainly for. Um, your name first of all because as everyone knows i goes by i go, I go by i goes by i go by carbs um <laughs> on the internet um and it's it's one of those things that like i've always wondered how some streamers can get away with the way that they are but then i realized that they build their community around that and basically scare away all the people that they don't want there instead of having like this superficial um uh, backing, I guess. Like they, they might like yeah. like their backing. I'm don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying like it, it doesn't like reflect upon like their actual personality or like their their actual like selves. And that's okay for the most part. I was just it's it was a interesting aspect, I guess, to see. Yeah, uh, no, I understand that completely. And I think um, I, I okay. So I know this isn't true for everybody who gets onto Twitch, but when I decided i wanted to start streaming i spent like two or three months before i ever started actually streaming i have a notebook that i started writing down all kinds of like branding ideas not because i'm really into like branding or because i'm particularly good at it but because i've been part of like twitch communities for long enough to know like okay well what do i want people to call me what do i want my name to be what do i want people to actually say whenever i show up i can't have my name be too long or it needs to be easily shortened okay well what do i want to go by what's something that i like what's something that reflects me and it's like all these questions and it kind of boiled down into i really fucking like ramen and i like the woo woo witchy shit so <laughs> i got the, lucky the i think witchy with that. Shit. <laughs> oh yeah my my dad buys me like witchy jewelry like every Christmas and I love it. I have like big ass. He calls one of this these things he got me like a blood diamond. It's not a it's not a diamond and it's not blood. It's just a really red rock necklace. But <laughs> I've always been like the witchy person in the family with the tarot and the astrology and I had a Ouija board at one point and all of that kind of shit. Do, I was really into it as a kid. Do you remember the Sailor Moon cards? Like, I remember one. So, the show Sailor Moon, I don't know if many people know this, but they actually had like Sailor Moon collector cards with the Sailor Moon people on them, and they were like tarot cards. No! <gasps> oh my yeah. god, I've never even heard and my of fr those. My friend had one, and it was, it was pretty interesting because, you know, growing up, I, I too was kind of into like not necessarily just witchy stuff but just like wizards witch basically yeah, like anything magic kind of unconventionally like not christian no, i'm just kidding like no I, just well, like I, it's hard to explain it, it, i guess i i had a very edgy pass uh quote unquote you know that whole edgy <laughs> phase that all teenagers go through and i've actually talked about this uh i i had a screen name actually yeah i've had a screen name um, called Angelic Seiko and that was like my aim name but it was also a character I had created based upon like all the all the stuff I've I made up and he wasn't just an angel he was actually that was just his good side then he had demonic side but his name was just Seiko and so it was 
perfect. It's so it's so aim appropriate, like that time period. <laughs> right? So uh, I don't even know where I was going with this. Uh, but yeah, the Sailor Moon Terror cards, I actually used to like my friend had them and I don't even know what happened to him, to be honest. I know that he moved to North Carolina, for, but that's all I remember. Uh, <laughs> um, that's awesome. I had no idea those existed. Like, I yeah. I know I used to I have, I don't know like... if they still exist, but I'm pretty sure they were tarot <laughs> cards. If they weren't, then I have no freaking clue. Like, they were the size of tarot cards. They, they weren't normal, like, playing cards or anything. They were the size of tarot cards. I know we had small hands as children. But not that small. (laughs) Right. Yeah, because, like, whenever you first started describing it, my immediate thought wasn't Sailor Moon. It was Cardcaptor Sakura, like the Clow cards. But I've never seen, like. Hold on. Card capture. Card capture. Card capture secure. Maybe. Am I thinking the wrong thing? Yeah, they had the Clow cards. Oh, maybe I am thinking the wrong thing. Hmm. I mean, maybe so, but I mean, it's kind of similar with like the magical girl, like all the cards with like different things on them. I did own a set of those and I was obsessed with them. Did those cards have like, uh, God, I don't even remember the name. I think one of the characters was like Wendy. Yes, those are cloud cards. Wendy is one of the first ones. See, so, okay, I, I was actually thinking about this, okay? <laughs> not, no, not that's fine. Me, so that's actually really good to know. I love getting educated, so. We just uncovered something from your childhood, that's all. <laughs> you completely just changed my childhood, and now I have to go rethink all my life decisions. Every single one of them. Look, magical girls are shit, okay? I can help with that. I, I, I don't tarot cards scare the crap out of me no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) into an interesting conversation um anyways so you 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 say that you took like three months before you started streaming so is that on top of the eight months so it was actually like a year ago that you started thinking about streaming yeah so it was a probably around I want to say maybe October last year, whenever I started seriously considering streaming. And I should honestly say considered streaming again, because this wasn't my first foray into streaming. I actually did, I wanted to stream probably several years before this, but the problem was that I didn't really have a setup or an internet connection that was strong enough to support it. Mm-hmm. And somewhere on my computer, I do have a, an eight, the eight minute stream that I did before I ever went live as Ramen Witch <laughs> under a completely different name in my old apartment with an internet connection that sucked that I barely spoke at all during. But I basically put that on the back burner whenever I realized that I wasn't really in a position where I felt like I could stream to at least a decent quality. And it was about a year ago now, whenever I started seriously considering streaming again, um, I finally moved into a place where it's just, just my apartment. I don't have roommates. I have Google fiber internet. (laughs) So my internet actually can keep up with me and what I'm trying to do. And that's whenever I started putting some real honest to God, like thought into what do I want to do with Twitch or who do I want to present myself as? What were some of the things that I wanted for my community? And I put a lot of thought into like what games would I play so that I would be findable, but not 
caught up in something that was oversaturated but not something that was too obscure i spent a lot of time sorting those things out before i finally started streaming i think it was technically in january of this year but i started a schedule in february so what you said that you had also been around like a whole bunch of communities beforehand what what put you in those communities if you don't mind me asking like what what brought you to the streaming community before you streamed like it sounds like you've always been around twitch i'm just curious to know like the whole story behind it yeah so um i'll be honest i don't even really remember how i found twitch i i don't even remember who like the first people that i followed were i do know that my the earliest memories where I can pin down and say for certain, oh yeah, I was going to Twitch specifically to watch this, were um, it was back whenever Trihex was primarily speedrunning Yoshi's Island. And I can remember actively going out of my way to catch his streams while he was streaming his Yoshi's Island speedruns. And I was never really an active part of any one streamer's community within Twitch. I didn't actually learn how to be part of a community until I started streaming myself, but I was at least familiar with what, at least for me as a viewer, what did I like to watch? What was drawing me in to watch people? And I wish I could remember exactly what it was, but I know I know Trihex was one of those things. I think maybe somebody like um, maybe Markiplier or something like that was doing a charity live stream, and it happened to be on Twitch, and that might have been something that drew me over to the platform originally. And then from there, I had a couple of streamers that I would regularly come back and check out content for. Um, I know Brown Man was definitely one of them, and so is John Wolf TV. But it was a lot of watching before I tried to make the jump into streaming and then certainly before I tried to make the jump into becoming like an active chatter or an active community member to any one person's uh, particular channel. Okay, okay. Um, so I, I know that you are a part of a streaming community as well. Um called tbd uh do you want to talk about that at all yeah of course so um tbd or to be determined is the stream team that i'm a part of um it's run by my friend matt or surly he's kind of our team leader the partner who uh, runs the team and i was very fortunate to meet him <laughs> I almost hate to say it, but he, I got an auto DM from him um, on Twitter, actually, that is what ultimately led to me going and checking out his stream. And I was very, very new to streaming myself and trying to finally make an effort to speak up in other people's chats. So I turned tuned into one of his streams and happened to find out that he was a North Carolina based streamer and that's sort of where I got to know him and eventually discovered TBD as he was putting it together but to be determined um, like I said it's our stream team and it is essentially 
a community of like-minded streamers who are looking to network with one another, who are looking to grow together as a community. I know that there are a lot of different levels, I guess, when it comes to stream teams. And, and I don't mean levels as in like, oh, these ones are good and these ones are bad. I mean more that you have stream teams that are very, very large, where they're huge and they have thousands of people and, and feel overpopulated yeah overpopulated or at least like if you're a part of those teams you probably have a set niche within that very large community and then you have very very small teams that are probably just a collection of friends and i'm a part of one of those as well but tbd is really the team where i've done most of my growing and most of my networking on Twitch has been meeting people through TBD and it's been awesome. I've, um, I'm a staff member now, so I help to manage the team. Um, I help to implement programs or sort out, you know, problems if they come up or essentially figure out as the team has been growing, how do we make sure that a, the team doesn't grow to be too large because we certainly don't want to become one of those teams that are too oversaturated or too overpopulated where nobody really feels like they're a part of the community, but also so that we have enough people that we can continue to grow alongside one another, I guess. So do you think there are any falls when it comes, faults or not faults, uh, just shortcomings when it comes to being part of a community? Or do you think that every streamer who wants to try to make their name known should become part of a community, either part of, try to become part of their stream team? Or do you think that just being in the community itself is probably good enough? And I know that's a tough kind of like tricky spot. I just, yeah. But, I no, mean, no. as someone who, who does, you know, organize that type of thing, those are the types of people that would have that best knowledge or be, be able to give even a little bit of insight and be able to tell who needs to do what, like, who should be on stream teams and who shouldn't be, you know? So... Yeah, I definitely understand what you're asking. So I'll start by saying that I don't think that you have to be part of a stream team in order to be successful. I don't... I wouldn't say that a partner founded stream team is necessary for growth on Twitch. I will say that being part of some kind of a community probably is. And that community can be the people that you network with. It can be the people that you spend a lot of your time going into each other's streams and communicating with and exchanging ideas with. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a hard and fast stream team. And I also will say that not every stream team and not every community is created equal. Just in that everywhere where you have people who are genuinely trying to succeed together or who genuinely want to see growth from their members, you are always going to have people who don't. And you are always going to have people who are looking to take advantage of individuals, especially new streamers, I think. And I think new streamers are particularly vulnerable to falling into some of the pitfalls that comes with just being somebody new to the platform, learning how to navigate the whole quote unquote networking, which I think gets said a lot on in like Twitter and Twitch circles, but there's not necessarily a lot that not a lot that really explains what that means for somebody who's very new 
to um, streaming. So I definitely think it's important to be mindful of what are you putting in to any given Twitch team or Twitch community and what are you getting back from it? I don't think anybody should expect to go into a team or go into a community expecting that, oh, if I join this Twitch team, then I'm suddenly going to have 75 average viewers and I'm going to get partner. That's uh, that's yeah, not that, what they're there that, for. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely not what they're there for. And it, right. it's, it, it's funny because, you know, uh, I, I've been part of several communities, some that aren't really for streaming and some that are, and also have been like fortunate enough to like know people who have been part of ones like with partners and stuff like that and i i honestly i i like the smaller communities just me personally because i don't while i like streaming i just don't see it becoming my end-all be-all type thing um in the sense yeah. of like that's where i'm going to like go um to be honest i've actually been enjoying this podcast um you, you hit the nail on the on the head though when you said that it, it's definitely like for new streamers it's definitely like an exciting feeling to become part of a stream team or even or even just like a unofficial stream team because you know there are some that aren't that don't have the twitch team page or whatever right. i don't know if they even still have those i can't remember i, I was the trying to remember is if, not anymore. <laughs> i know the, i know the community page isn't and uh i was actually working on a website that i just recently had to put it into because i don't have the time or the desire to work on it the passion i guess um like i still love the idea that i have behind it but it was to like make community pages outside of twitch that allowed communities to have a better community page if that makes sense yeah no absolutely um, and uh but but going with that i know that like the first time i got put on a stream team even though it wasn't an official one i still had this like overwhelming feeling it was exciting it was awesome but at the same time i didn't realize how like how much endorphins that release because you know yeah <laughs> being such a such a uh impressionable <laughs> new streamer it it really when it all settles down and you realize oh i still need that like it's not the end like this isn't where i want to be you know like this isn't i still have to me. work <laughs> well it's not that like i knew i was gonna have to work it's just like you expect it to be a little bit easier but it's not <laughs> right it's, no, exactly. It's it's really not. And I think you're exactly right because it is when you first click with that community or you first get your team application accepted, it kind of it's hard not to feel like, "Oh, this is the thing. This is the thing that's going to get me where I'm trying to go." And not to say that you don't still have to put the work in, but it is sometimes hard to shake, especially as a new streamer, that this is going to be the thing that pushes me to like that yeah. level I'm trying to get to. And I think the thing that a lot of new streamers don't understand is that there is no thing. <laughs> There's no one team that you're going to get accepted onto and magically all the doors are blasted wide open and you're there. There's no one host that's going, you get that one host or that one big raid and then suddenly your partner. It doesn't work like that. Those things are absolutely incredible opportunities and they definitely help to ease the way, but it still ultimately comes down to you bringing in and more importantly, maintaining viewers. So if someone like Shroud raids you for like 300 some odd people, like that's awesome. But 
that doesn't mean that 300 people are going to stick around. It's still up to you to provide the content that makes people want to stay and be part of your community. And a Twitch team can help you find what that is and they can help you to grow as a streamer and to improve as a streamer and to support you. But that's not going to be the thing that makes you famous. <laughs> no, and, and something for new streamers and old streamers the like who who haven't really hit big or haven't like even got partner one thing that i think even just being part of a stream team does is it provides a sense of family and uh yeah in a way that allows you to discuss your streaming stuff because i know that if i went to like my family like my real life family and started discussing streaming stuff to me besides like a one or two cousins they might look at me like i'm crazy you know so right they don't like, get it <laughs> why do you care about what these people do if they follow you or not because then i can get partner no it's just it's just like you know it's it's one of those things that like i will say that a lot of stream teams will help you get to the affiliate status but your journey has just begun from there and i was looking at some of the achievements that twitch puts in and this might sound dickish when it comes to me and it's not me being sour but i feel like there is no middle step from there's not to partner and it just feels so hard to get to and that that's perfectly fine i get it because that kind of helps twitch you know partner's supposed to be a little bit bet like not better but like a little bit more of a closer elite, community not even elite it's supposed to be like kind of like how youtube had to put like a top premium on their ads and stuff that's kind of like what twitch is doing it's like they're saying that these people are the people that have shown that they can get a following and create a brand and they're willing to like put in the work to do it because honestly you let's be honest like you were saying even a 300 follow like a 300 person raid isn't going to get you to partner it's just going to get you that influx maybe to get 75 people chatting in your chat at once and then maybe you'll get the follows at that point it's like it, it right it honestly just depends like you could be a pretty good streamer and that's what's going to help you like your, your personality is all you on stream and that's what's going to help you get those those follows and those continuous people to come back and I kind of yeah. where I was going with this now. <laughs> no, I, that's okay. But I think I think you make a really good point about there being no middle ground. And I've seen that raise, I, I won't call it concerns, but I'll say it's raised discussion, I guess, around what the levels are for Twitch and if they're right. And I'm definitely not here to say one way or the other. Like, I'm not Twitch. I don't know their business model. I, it's easier to understand that, like you said, partner is essentially the people who have shown that they can build the community, they can build a brand, and ultimately Twitch wants to invest in the people who are going to keep bringing people back to their platform because that's where Twitch makes their money. And that's totally understandable. But whenever you look at the jump from affiliate to partner, it's so it's such a big gap that it makes you wonder if affiliate is too easily attainable. Because you would argue you could argue that the step before partner should in some ways be preparing you for partner like it should be okay we have to hit this step and then that should be the first step to being comfortable with getting to a stage like partner i don't personally feel like 
where affiliate is right now is really a good judge of who would then be a great step for partner if that makes sense and for those who don't know once you hit partner it's not over like you have goals after you (laughs) hit partner and when i say you hit partner and you have goals there's multiple goals like you can unlock how many how many uh emotes is it it's like 50 up to 50 emotes or Uh, up to 50 at least yeah yeah and in but those are like reliant on like continuous chatters followers and things like that to help like twitch twitch after you hit partner they have a good system in my opinion but up to partner yeah i i feel like they what they wanted was to get people into streaming and here this is gonna where be where i sound like a dick because this is kind of a marketing technique in my eyes. You get people yes. in, you get people in, and you're like, you can do this too. And then they're like, here's this goal. And then they give you another goal. And then they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you can get affiliate, and people can sub to you, and you could make money too. And then you're like, what? I can make money from playing video games? And then you, or or creative streamers, calm down, people. Uh, I got you. Or, you know, this, <laughs> people this chat. Um, but, you know, and or, or gym rats, because I've actually seen some live streams where they're just at the gym, basically, or at their home gym doing workout stuff. Good for stuff. them, man. That's not um, me. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's like, you're like, yeah, I can do that. And what's funny is, once you're in a community, even when they have that like smaller stream team that's not official with Twitch, it's super easy to get affiliate. Now, I'm not gonna say it's like very easiest, but like in comparison, it's super easy. And well, then... also I would say that the so for anyone who's not familiar, the the goalposts for affiliate are a certain number of hours streamed i think it's 12 or 15 hours a certain number of unique yeah it's like a certain number of unique days in the month and then it's 50 followers and three average viewers in that like 30 day period which i think they lowered because it used to be five if i'm not mistaken oh was it oh my god i swear it was five i mean it might be i I don't i'm not sure but i know it's three now and i know that where those goals currently are i agree with you completely i definitely think it's un part the work of twitch to get more people on their platform convincing more people to spend time on their platform and you know earning money that they can take a cut of and all that kind of stuff but it tricks people into thinking that it's easy (laughs) after that point and it's also one of the reasons why you'll see a ton of people who have like 75 to 100 followers but they can't get above one or two and a half viewers because this is where new streamers tend to fall into the pit hole of follow for follow or support for support and i actually did have a question for you earlier uh i do have path to affiliate up and i'll talk about that in a second but so you mentioned that you actually got uh auto dm'd and i actually have an issue with auto dming oh i hate auto dms i really do i can't stand them (laughs) this one tricked me because it sounded genuine (laughs) and and i want to i want to go on record and say that he doesn't do it anymore Oh, did you set him straight? You, you like? No, no, not at all. He just, uh, he just doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here, here's how they get you: is you have four, four things, and they, 
they actually don't sound that bad. So it begins. This is the one that you're going to achieve the quickest and the easiest. And that's start your first stream, explore your dashboard, update your stream title, update your game category. Easy. That's done. That's it's begin. You're done. Yeah, that's have, that's go live for the first time, basically. <laughs> yeah. And then they have path to affiliate. And this sounds so easy. And it is in some ways, but in other ways, it's kind of hard. You have I mean, as a brand, as a brand new streamer, it's not easy yes. per se. But once you kind of know what those things mean, it's not hard to get there. I yeah. So you reach fifty followers. You stream for eight hours, and you stream on seven different days, and you have an average of three viewers. Now, for someone who doesn't go to communities and they're not like chatting with other people on Twitch, this is actually really hard to do. Yeah. But if you start going into communities, start posting on other discords or start posting like just asking like your Facebook friends to come visit you when you stream, you're going to hit this no problem. And I guarantee you, you can do it within three months. Oh, yeah. And there are tons of communities that are devoted strictly to getting people to affiliate. Like, come in here. We'll leave tabs open for you. It's a follow for follow fest where everybody goes in and gets everybody to the follower minimum. And then you leave a tab open for that person for um, a week or two until they hit the affiliate roadblock um, or the goalpost. And the problem is that after that, all that goes away a lot of the time. Yeah. And <laughs> unless you're really just that good of a personality that people stick around and well, right. you are able and to. And that's build the a... difference is are you yeah. bringing in people who are showing up because, oh, I actually really do like your content? Or are you just making a temporary deal with people to put your stuff up and then walk away? And then over time, that'll probably fall off. And then you end up with maybe 100 200 followers but nobody's showing up to watch your streams because they were just in it for the follow back okay so the next one that you'll probably hit is build a community and what that is is you've reached 50 followers and have five people chatting at the same time super easy um i don't have it yet but that's just because i don't really stream that much anymore um i know i've hit that before but that's a new achievement i think they've just added recently um, yeah, and I, I don't remember hitting that one, but I I do remember it being a big deal to have gotten to a point where I had five people, five unique people talking in my chat. Because oh, yeah, a lot of my early... Nice. Oh, yeah, a lot of my early streams were, like, maybe two people that would show up. Like, I would have a couple of different folks coming in and out, so my numbers weren't horrible for a brand-new streamer in, like, less than 10, but more than two. Yeah. <laughs> but to actually have people who wanted to chat that's harder. Lurkers that, are easy yeah. to are easier to come by, but yeah. chatters are hard. That's because chatters are generally the extroverts of the introverts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so let's let's think about this. Your path to affiliate is fifty follow fifty followers, eight hours, seven different days. Not eight hours for on each of those seven different days. Just eight hours, seven different days a month, and. Uh, three viewer average viewers your path to partner is stream 25 hours easy i've done that like several times hit that all the time stream on 12 different days easy hit that all the time average 75 viewers in 18.7 uh, uh, 18.7 hours streamed so i don't know if that's that number right there that i just spat out was uh particular to me but 
that, that, might be that right there is hard <laughs> to get 75 viewers average is hard <laughs> very hard and that's 75 viewers within a 30-day period so if you're averaging 75 and then you're old if you're averaging 73 or 74 like if you're really close and then the months resets and the beginning of your month was slower then you have to make up the difference because it's not just it's not just 75 at any given time it's within the last 30 days and even unlocking path to partner does not guarantee you partner it just means that at that point you are then free to apply for partnership is that what that means i never yes. knew what that meant <laughs> yeah so so basically twitch um implemented once you've unlocked the path to partner then you finally have the ability to go in and you do have to submit i believe it's an application where you explain why you feel like you should be given partner i obviously have not hit that so i'm not a hundred percent sure of the details but i do know that you can apply for partnership once you hit path to partner but once you've applied then twitch staff actually goes in and they're going to look at your content they're going to look at your numbers they're going to look at your community and then they're going to decide can we give you partnership or do we want to give you partnership right now so just because you've hit those doesn't mean anything affiliate is hit these goalposts, receive an automated email, fill out your tax information, receive the ability to start making money on Twitch. Easy, straightforward, awesome. Partnership is not like that. Partnership is different, not only in the sheer like quantity of the numbers, but also in that you have to actually be chosen by Twitch to receive partnership. It's not just in apply and auto receive it. And yeah so there, there's lots of things and that's why i think personally and that's why i was saying that this is definitely just a giant marketing towards gamers who like to stream and chat with their friends while while they stream because path to affiliate is so easy to get that when you try to go for partner mo this is where you weed out a lot of streamers who are who yes. thought it would be super easy to just get there this is also where they weed out um even at the partnership application level, this is where they weed out people who have maybe done things like view botting. So <laughs> if you're not aware, you can go and pay to have bots show up in your chat to inflate your numbers, but Twitch is not stupid. No, <laughs> they can't, not. yeah, they can't stop view botting or at least there are no, I, I'm not, a, obviously I'm not Twitch, I don't know. I don't believe that they necessarily have anything in place to stop view botting from happening but they can see where your traffic comes from. To so that, they would have to like really crack down on a lot of things that they actually yeah. offer in their API. So it would be interesting to see what, <laughs> if they ever tried to like completely crack down on view botting, like how that would work. Right. I, I do know, I don't know. Um, obviously I don't know anything about their plans for that, but I do know that people are denied partnership if they've been view botted and they can see like, okay, well, here's your numbers without the botting and they're not where they need to be. Yeah. And sometimes you get view botted and you don't know, like, I know that there oh, are yeah. a couple bots that hang around in my stream, like, but they just lurk. They don't like do anything. And it's quite confusing to yeah. be honest. And I don't, 
<laughs> I think we all have a couple of those, and I don't think Twitch cares about those so much. <laughs> yeah, no. I think it's it's definitely more the I went to a service and paid X amount of dollars to have anywhere from fifty to a hundred quote unquote viewers show up in my stream. So they show up. And they'll show up maybe in the viewer list, but they're all like, oh, this is a bot that's never had any view time and was created this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it goes into a lot of different things. Uh, another thing for new streamers, you guys should really look at not trying to overstream. And this comes from yes. someone who, who streamed. Literally, I took a weekend where I was sick. It was a three-day weekend. And I was sick, but because I wanted to... Uh, partnership with bebo i was like well mainly i just wanted a free shirt but <laughs> but the people well, at bebo are nice um, but i streamed like 50 hours within that weekend and oh, it was God. during the call of duty world war ii beta I, I remember that but i just streamed basically like i got up streamed and then ate like i only took breaks when i ate and <laughs> that was it um it was a lot of hours and it was harsh. I was dead. Like, I thought I was feeling better by the end of the weekend, and I wasn't. Uh, like I said, yeah, I was sick, not. <laughs> but, but I wasn't. You'd be surprised, like, how much streaming actually takes out of you, and um, I didn't really realize that until that weekend. Like, I knew it took a lot out of me, but I didn't realize, like, it was that demanding. I actually had to call out a day and recover yeah. from work. Yeah, no, and it's it, it's something where I think from an outsider perspective, and okay, so there are obviously going to be streamers who get up, turn on their camera, silently play video games. That's not really what we're talking about when we're talking about people who are exhausted by their streams. <laughs> because if you're thinking about it, your stream is a show that you're putting on. And the best way that, I mean, maybe not the best way, the way that I've always kind of described it to people is being quote unquote on. And you're yeah, on. That has different meanings. We got yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> what I mean is that you're on whenever you're in front of the camera. You, you're yourself, but you're a version of yourself that is entertaining a crowd, that's speaking to people, that's engaging. It's the same way that you get whenever you have to go to a party or whenever you have guests at your house or whenever you're at a work function. You're quote unquote on. You're not mindlessly sitting on the couch. You're not able to decompress. You're not really able to... You can relax on stream. You can be chill on stream. And I'm not saying every stream is or even should be an exhausting experience. That's definitely not the case. But I think people who are considering streaming or who maybe only view streams and don't necessarily watch them, I mean, um, don't necessarily stream themselves, I think there's a misconception that it's a very, very easy thing to just turn on the camera and stream. And it can be, but if you want to create content that has people coming back for you, you have to be engaging. You have to be providing something to your audience. And what exactly that is is going to vary, but odds are it's going to be taking some kind of a toll on you at the end of the day, especially if you're somebody who streams for very long periods of time. Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, it also, um, what was I going? I I am spacing. <laughs> like, uh, sorry. It's, <laughs> no worries. Uh, um, <laughs> you were talking about um scarcity. 
And um, at least I think that's what you were talking about, about um, how you shouldn't endeavor to stream all oh, no. the time. So while you were talking, I had a thought, and I was trying to hold on to that thought so much, but I actually... Oh, no? <laughs> so um, for, for those who are regular listeners, you know that I sometimes just have horrible memory. Um, I, ho- sometimes is really just 98% of the time. <laughs> so... When we say on, we're, we're talking about, like, the people who work retail. Those people know exactly what we're talking about. Right. Especially food people service. who Yeah, food service. Anything public-facing or customer-facing where the customer's always right, you're always in that cheery, uppity mood. Like, I know there are some people who are in that whatever mood when they go, but th- those aren't the people who value their job. No offense to those people, or they're just having a bad day. And they're day. probably not the people doing a great job at their job, because yeah. part of having a job part of being on stream is being somebody that people want to be around exactly and and the people who are generally uppity at their job are generally people who like they get employee of the month that one thing that nobody thinks exists but it actually right. does and only that person knows about so but um <laughs> it, yeah it, and it, it's it's important to say that you don't have to be that cheerful fucking suck up to be a streamer <laughs> yeah no but it does but that that is a good way of putting it you do have to be on you have to be somebody who people if you're a downer if you're super fucking negative if you're complaining all the time if you're barely paying attention to your chat if you're barely speaking if it's a lot of dead air a lot of bad energy people generally that's not to say always but generally that's not going to encourage people to show up and it sure as hell isn't going to encourage people to stay around i i I do know a few streamers who have a good backing behind them that their community cares about them but their stream i would say like 60 percent of the time does feel negative just yeah and there's always going to be people like that different strokes for different folks and but yeah so so back to that scarcity thing make sure that you set a schedule like it it might be hard to set a schedule and that's fine put in there like you know subject to change or you know so that way people aren't let down but tell them that if they want to find out when you're going live tell them to go to your twitter if you don't have a twitter tell them to go to your instagram stories if you don't have instagram stories tell them to go to your facebook and if you don't have a facebook tell them to go to your snapchat and if you don't have a snapchat i don't know why you're trying to become a streamer because you need some form of social media i just (laughs) right and of course this is also assuming that you're somebody who wants to be who wants to quote unquote be a streamer yes if you just yeah if you just want to stream like you said is like um whenever you're describing like the marketing tactic if you just want to stream to hang out with your friends and maybe meet some new people along the way and it's very casual and it's just a hobby for you that's okay there's nothing wrong with that but if you are trying to build a brand and build a robust community and you are trying to be one of those people who not saying that you necessarily make streaming your full-time job but if you do want to make streaming a thing and a thing that people regularly show up for and look forward to a schedule is very important and it can be as little as one to two days a week it doesn't have to be a lot i only stream for three days a week i only guarantee streams three days a week because that's what my schedule can 
support. And I usually only stream for three hours at a time. So I don't stream that often, honestly. <laughs> sometimes I... we go long and sometimes we have extra days, but you don't have to stream all the time to be a streamer. I have actually learned that like for me, the three hour rule for streaming is probably one of the best things ever. Like right. it, it helps me just like, it, it allows me to have enough time to do like eat dinner or something if I do it before or after. It it allows me time to myself to decompress yep. before. So that way I'm not just like streaming, going to bed, waking up, going to work, coming home, streaming, going to bed. You know, it's not like. Yeah. So No, I so, 100%. So I kind of have a similar schedule. I, I, I do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday when I do have a steady schedule with streaming. <laughs> um Obviously, I'm not streaming tonight, but, uh, you know, so, you know, having three days is pretty, a pretty round number and it's a pretty good feeling. And then on Saturday and Sunday, I say streams may vary or streams are very random and can happen at any time. Generally, they happen in the morning on weekends. Right, exactly. And it's a matter of like what works for your schedule. And a lot of people who are streaming like you, like me, like I work full time. I work full time. And I know a lot of streamers who also work full time, who manage to stream more days, more hours. And that's awesome if that works for them. For me, it doesn't. I don't I love streaming and I really, really enjoy it. And it's been, it's been an incredible part of my life in this last year, but I also don't want it to consume my entire life. I have a job, I have friends, I have family and I need to, <laughs> right. All of my friends aren't on the internet, I swear, but I do need to make time to be with those people or to just be by myself. So but that makes one of us, out, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think it's so important when you're figuring out a schedule to be realistic about what you can do and what you can do regularly. Like, you don't have to say that your streams are only three hours. I've definitely gone over and I've cut streams early because I just couldn't do it. But at least having a steady day and start time and as you get into it, you'll start to find like, okay, this is a good point for me and this is what my viewers can usually expect is a stream anywhere in the three to four hour range or the four to five hour range and that typically gives your audience expectations so that they know, hey, if I show up and it's 9.50 EST, Ramen Witch probably isn't going to be on that much later, you know? Wait, you don't stream till 12 and then go to sleep, go to work, stream, um, sleep? If I, fuck, if I started <laughs> streaming years ago, then yeah, but I'm old now. I can't do that shit. <laughs> uh, so thank you guys for sticking around and listening to the very end. There's going to be a bonus clip at the very end of this podcast because I wasn't feeling too great when we recorded this podcast. I was kind of in a down mood and I don't know why, but. I talked to Ramen Witch for a little bit before the podcast and recorded it just because I needed to warm up for the podcast and I just wanted to make sure that the quality stayed the same no matter what and when I was starting to feel better that I would just be able to jump right into the podcast. I like the podcast to be more conversational and actually have a just a, you know that conversational feel because it's completely different than an interview and it it feels just more natural, and I hope that's why you guys like the podcast, among other reasons. Uh, so yeah, here here's the bonus content. We just kind of chat around, and uh, 
be on the lookout for part two where we talk about tarot cards and some other woohoo stuff. <laughs> uh, and like always, stay unconventional. Give me like five minutes to kind of like wake up and like get into a fuller mood. <laughs> um, yeah, no worries. Just a weird, weird day. You know, it's like one of those days when you're when everything just feels like it goes wrong, but there's no reason why you should feel that way. Like, I don't know if you've ever had those days, but that was kind of like today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely get that. I, I feel like my morning started off really, really well. And then for some reason, just by like after lunch, I got super anxious and just, I, I don't know, I felt really weird most of the afternoon at work too. So I, I definitely get where you're coming from. You're not a Gemini, are you? It's not like a astrophysiology type thing. <laughs> so funny, I'm actually a Pisces, but I um, am Gemini rising, so. Okay, wh what's this whole Gemini rising thing, or is this something you wanted to talk about during the podcast? <laughs> I, I mean, I can. <clears throat> I'm still super new to understanding it, but um. The, so essentially the they're- new ones? Is this what? Is this the new ones? You know how they like changed it? Like they <laughs> No no no. So it has to do with your with your natal chart, so your birth chart. So what most people are familiar with is their sun sign. So your sun sign is the one that's based on like the day you were born. But there's a lot of other stuff that goes into like a full astrology chart and that includes your rising sign and your lunar sign and i think the way that they describe those is that your sun sign is what you are like you're the truest the truest version of yourself like in your heart kind of your rising sign is how you present yourself like expertly to expertly to the world or outwardly to the world and then the lunar sign i'm not as familiar with i have a book that i'd have to look at because like i said i'm getting i'm still learning a lot of this shit <laughs> no that, that's i mean that sounds kind of interesting i always find it fascinating i'm not like super like you know like religious into it but I, I do like to like listen to them and like understand them if that makes sense yeah totally i'm kind of the same way like i i'm really interested in it i'm not i'm not one of those people like i don't regularly read my own horoscope or or any of that but you don't I you do don't play like... a month by <laughs> no <laughs> A month, a month by the fucking stars. No, no, not at all. But I find a lot of it to be really interesting. Like I, I'm one of those people who really likes like personality tests and um, astrology and tarot and just kind of like I don't necessarily buy into the really, really hardcore aspects of it. But I find it to be really interesting and kind of like a fun thing to to do. <laughs> No, I mean that that makes a lot of sense and uh that uh I don't know when I was younger I don't even know if I came across the I don't even know if I've even discussed this on a podcast before but uh I think I uh actually I think I might have but when I was younger I um wanted to go into sociology instead of okay like the normal psychology but i wanted to use it so kind of like how companies are using ads to target people 
right? And right. stuff like that. I wanted to use it sociology to help companies target ads towards people. So almost like the way that they're using like tracking technology to find out what people like to help them market. But I don't know. It was it was an interesting concept and there's still some like stuff behind it that's not actually out there yet. Like uh I guess in the sense that companies aren't doing it. And so I've always pondered and just kind of go, hmm, what would it take? But then I'm like, that's yeah. a lot of work and uh, I'm don't have a doctor's degree so nobody would be like and who are you so <laughs> <laughs> right it's like i swear i have a lot of ideas just hear me out <laughs> a lot of ideas are they perfect no they'll never be <laughs> are they accurate maybe not but we should try it out <laughs> i guarantee you have nothing to lose besides a few billion it's all good <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's the worst that could happen company folds who cares i mean is a lot of tech companies it's about the same fallout you know you know yeah that's fine um but yeah so it's a general conversation we're more than welcome to go off topic and where you don't really have any rules besides uh i honestly i don't think i've really even stuck to any pg or anything i've all had all my episodes explicit so far so. <laughs> i was about to say you gotta fucking tell me if this is supposed to be pg up front <laughs> you're, you're like i need to know now no <laughs> i need I, I need a fucking warning and i'm probably gonna slip but i gotta i gotta know <laughs> you're like i need a fucking warning and someone to just go over me with fucking beeps <laughs> shit <laughs> uh, yeah exactly it's just me letting go of my fucking face bar every time it pops up uh <laughs> 